Hi there. I'm Ken Magma Marshall, and this is SEO in 2024. Ken, what's your number one SEO tip for 2024? It's a great question, David. And my number one tip is let's focus less on SEO and more on HEO, which we'll dive into, but it's a term that I heard a long time ago from the, or a few years back from the CEO of HubSpot. Uh, and I want to change it from human uh, sort of experience optimization to engagement optimization. Okay, superb. Okay, well, let's start off with a summary of that. What is human engagement optimization? Yeah, and it's it's just because I have a love for uh, new terms, new technologies, but I think in essence, it's it's a perspective shift. It's like saying you're a marketer that cares about performance or revenue outcomes. It forces you to think less tactics, more strategies. So when I think of SEO, um, you know, next year in 2024, I really think of going from less of we're going to drive, you know, traffic, which aren't humans with needs and jobs to be done and more along the lines of how can we get somebody at a stage of their buying journey or decision-making journey, get them to go through that journey with each aspect of our content on our website and take a specific action, which is for us. And, you know, I work with a lot of B2B companies. Um, and engaging with the sales team as part of the sales pipeline. So that kind of engagement, not just with the content, um, but further into pipeline. Understood, understood. Um, so how do you then create web content and analyze the pipeline, get the experience right in the pipeline from the user's perspective um, without, um, I guess, going technical or focusing on keywords first? Yeah, and... I mean, this is all, you can read about this stuff. Google has their helpful content guidelines that are published now. And I think, I think it's, again, not removing the tactics that we all know and love, picking target keywords, um, obviously optimizing the technical aspects, the authority, but I think it's just going a few layers deeper. So, and even past, you know, we all talk about search intent now, but something being a commercial or a transactional query, right? If the page that the user gets on a potential buyer, like I am in, in the B2B space, if they get on the page and that information isn't presented in a way for them to make that next, you know, go to that next decision-making stage, then it's all for not, you know, you can be number one in a rank and get 800, you know, users per month or potential customers or per month. But if there isn't a price point or a good call to action, or, you know, the page loads is, you know, speed is terrible then you're not going to get that person to take the next step, which again, in B2B, that's where the money is. We don't care about rankings and traffic as much as we do qualified opportunities. So I think it's those steps after they get to the site and making sure you know what kind of decision they're going to make and you can structure the page, the content and the way and you know the messaging that you need to get them to continue that engagement. So how do you go about establishing the likely user intent for each individual page? I think that's a great question. And I think there's some easy tips and tricks that we're all familiar with that are simple. Like if there's certain modifiers, right? So agency, consultant, services, price, those are things that indicate that somebody's either looking to make a comparison um, or a purchase decision. However, I think we can and should take it a step further. So doing things like customer interviews when they onboard right after the sales process is done, and saying, what, what triggered you on the site to even want to reach out to sales? Or after the onboarding customer success team, what five frequently asked questions do folks have after they're onboarded that we can put 
on the page right before they converge to eliminate some of that friction and help move them forward. So again, we're talking about maybe CRO, verbal identity, messaging, but I think those steps should be considered as part of a broader SEO and content strategy upfront. And I would imagine you would be getting customer service teams or post-purchase teams to ask those types of questions rather than SEOs, or would you want SEOs to be actively involved in that process as well? Yeah, I think this is a collab. I think we're all sort of becoming this, you know, the teams are having to become more interdependent. And I think that's a good thing for a more sort of holistic buying experience on the site. I think it's user experience teams, brand teams, customer success teams, sales teams, um, and, uh, you know, SEO and, and content teams. I, I think the, the reason for that being, you know, if we were to take uh, a customer success team and they say, this is what everybody says once they want to, you know, after they get done onboarding and sales is like, this is what they say in their customer conversation, but it's not a keyword. Then does that make sense to have on that page? I say, if that gets 50 people to convert, even though only 150 people use the site, that's a win for most companies that I've seen, even if it doesn't drive the kind of broader uh, volume. So I think all those teams working together, ideally. I mean, it all sounds very logical, very worthwhile to do, but I would imagine certain organizations, certain brands won't have a lot of buy-in for SEOs to be actively involved in maybe post-purchase conversations. And they'll be told by their bosses, I want you to focus on things that bring in revenue now. I want you to bring in new customers. I want you to to focus on your keywords, to focus on building your links. Um, have you ever had those sorts of conversations to actually persuade organizations to allow their SEOs to be involved more holistically with the whole marketing conversation? Yeah, I think there's, I'll say two things about that. One, I think, you know, you got to get good at the pitch. <laughs> to get buying in an organization when you're a little bit siloed. And I hear a lot of marketers and SEOs because it's more of a black box of Google's algorithm, not understand how to make business focused use cases. So they might say, I need to talk, take up all the customer successes uh, team's time and $10,000 to do X, Y, and Z, you know, versus we are only converting 10% of our pipeline and, you know, the user drop off rate is X. If we improve, you know, the time spent on the site and we can improve like the messaging by X, Y, and Z, this is the kind of revenue recognized we're going to see in the next 12 months, most executives ears are going to perk up. So I think being better at understanding business metrics and mapping them back to the tactics that you want to use or the new initiatives. And the second thing I'll say is if you take a look at those helpful content guidelines that Google posted, SEOs getting sort of outside of the technical and thinking to themselves like, a big thing now is AI, right? Using a machine learning and AI. It says right there in the documentation, we don't care if you use something to, to create AI content. However, they say if it's mass produced and doesn't have a quality assurance process by an expert and a trusted site, forget about it. It's terrible. So we don't want to do it. So getting imaginative about rounding out that journey, thinking about what a customer is likely to engage with the page. I do think every SEO can do even if they don't have a new budget or they don't have the resources to work with other teams, just broaden your understanding of the customer journey would be my advice. I was just about to ask you actually your thoughts on AI on perhaps the use of AI or not to use AI within this process, because obviously it's very much people-centric, um, focusing on conversations with people who have just become customers, creating content from that. That 
I wouldn't imagine would involve AI directly, but do you make notes, uh, get AI to expand those notes and create content from there? Yeah, I'm I'm pro pro technology, pro GPT four, you know, pro AI tools. They're, they've been around for a while. Uh, it's no secret. The, the number one thing again is you can drive all the traffic in the world, but if your actual buyer, you know, doesn't enjoy, doesn't engage, doesn't consume, and take a, a next step, it's all for naught. So my advice is sort of twofold. If you're using it for production, what is the framework of how you know your output is going to be successful? So we've all heard the term prompt engineering, but why did you create that? Is it strategic? And then afterwards, who is the subject matter expert that's going to review? What are the softwares that's going to do the analysis of, so, you know, Grammarly might do the syntax and grammar. Is there the SME in the organization, the engineer is going to say, yes, this is factually correct or not. The QA process and the prompt engineering on the front end, make it either follow Google's guidelines or not. So I say thing number one, if you're going to use it to produce title tags, content, uh, major content assets, calculators, whatever, that you follow those two steps. And then the second thing is, I think using it as, what do they call it? An AI assistant, I think is the buzzword. I do that all the time, multiple times a week. I'll just, I'll, I'll bounce ideas again to get outside of my limited range of thinking. That's the strength. So ideating, formulating ideas, making them more concrete, and then scaling the tedious parts of production and, um, you know, coming up with different versions of things you might want to do so that the expert can give their final approval quicker. Okay. Um, so you've um, created a wonderful piece of content, published it. How do you define if you are delivering excellent, exciting experiences for prospects that just hit the tone, that hit exactly what they're looking for? Are there certain actions on the page or next steps or metrics that you look for? Yeah. And I think looking at the data, if you don't have it stop right now, go set up GA4, go set up Hotjar, you know, get a free CRM like HubSpot. That's step number one, because are we doing a good job or not depends on how much data, you know, who's coming into your pipeline, how often they're converting, what the value is and what sources they're coming from. But yeah, I mean, average engagement time is a really easy one. Um, engaged sessions is a great metric that I love in GA4 now. How many people from the pages that you consider bottom of funnel or high purchase intent pages are actually converting there because that's the point, right? You drive people to those pages, they should convert. And then you should be able to tell from that CRM, if you're a B2B company, if you're a B2C company or e-commerce, you can just see purchases by source. Um, but from the target terms that you're using, from your target pieces of content that you want to use to convert folks, is that actually happening? How often are you getting? And then what's the value of it to your company? And it's very simple to look at a three-month window before your optimizations, after, and then on an ongoing basis to say, more people are converting, more people are viewing it, more people are viewing it longer or less. I think it's actually that simple. Um, now, the hard part is saying what led to that, those outcomes and deducing that. But yeah, knowing if it's working or not should be very simple. So are we finally at a stage where we are more sophistic sophisticated now around attribution? Oh, wow. <laughs> You know, attribution is is a is a dirty word for some people, but <laughs> I think so. And and I'll say that we have the tools to be, you know, and a lot of ways to build connective tissues around tools and integrate to get better insights. However, with the rise of, uh, you know, people going to like B two B, like there's uh, sales communities and marketing communities. There's 
LinkedIn groups. Um, some people call it dark social. I just call it what humans have always done, which is they go to people that sound and look like them and ask them questions because they inherently trust that, right? Their friends, family, coworkers, et cetera. So attribution technology, more sophisticated, but also there's a lot of attribution that's just never going to be figured out. And trying to get to a nine and a 10 when you have it at an eight is, I think, um, you know, a sort of a futile exercise because, you know, here's an example journey that actually happened. Somebody read a LinkedIn profile of ours, came to the site, left, read a LinkedIn post later, Googled us once they knew that we did SEO to make sure we ranked for, for B2B SEO agency, whatever, like took what we actually ate our own dog food and then reached out on the website, right? So after like a couple months, there's no way an attribution tool will say that, but having those, you know, our LinkedIn profile, the website optimized, enhanced each step of their journey. And that's what I think is the most important thing. Knowing where your buyers are, showing up in those locations properly, and then getting that feedback, not just with tools, but actually as the sales uh, conversation progresses to really be sure how they found you and purchased from you. And is it possible now to measure the profitability of keywords, um, which keywords are referring traffic? Because I'm old enough in the world of SEO to remember when not provided first happened and just uh, beforehand um, being able to tell precisely how much traffic each keyword was um, was providing. Obviously, nowadays we can do things like blend um, Google Search Console and um, different analytics packages to, to, to get an idea. Uh, is, is that a metric, the, the profitability of individual keywords that you look at, or do you look at it more on a page-by-page basis? I would say somebody out there probably has a more sophisticated, you know, blend of tracking on the website or UTM parameter magic that gets put into a sheet and they blend the data. For us, it's as simple as looking at, yeah, which keyword groupings, the top ones, the top maybe 80% per page, and then what, how those pages lead into people's conversion path. So you take one of our services pages, 90% of the people convert on the, you know, B2B SEO services page. And we know what our top five keyword groupings for that are. You can kind of assign those a weight. For us, it's again, it's it's more broadly. Do we understand how people are searching for these terms and how our buyers actually speak in sales conversations versus do we know, you know, the 138 specific keywords and break it down by dollar? Because again, if the whole channel is profitable <laughs> by multiple times over, you, you, you tend to focus a little bit less on the dollars and cents of that, the keyword level. But I do think understanding which keyword groupings to the page, to which pages lead to conversions is a helpful a set of metrics to know and fairly easy information to get. If an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop doing right now so they can spend more time doing what you suggest in 2024? I hate to say it, but because I'm a technical SEO junkie, I was a developer before I did SEO, but a lot of modern CMSs, Squarespace, WordPress, Webflow, they take a lot of those small technical things and they kind of give it, they, they bring everybody up to a plank, uh, an even playing field. So I would say, instead of focusing on the latest like JSON LD schema item type that isn't going to lead to a rich, rich snippet, go back to basics, see if your messaging is resonating, people are actually converting on those pages, see if you can get buy-in to work with cross-functional teams to improve the experience on those pages, and really just consider a customer journey or target customer journey what are they likely to do and have we provided them to sort of choose their own adventure on the website? So more focused on, again, human engagement, getting them into your sales pipeline, converting those people, less technical tactics. And I think it'll pay off for them. 
Head Marshall is Chief Growth Officer at Revenue Zen. You can find him over at revenuezen.com. Ken, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2024. It was a pleasure, David. Cheers. I've been your host, David Bain. Get your copy of SEO in 2024, the book, over at seoin2024.com. <laughs>